sinner, saved by grace. See, that needs to be the thrust. That needs to be the point of every testimony that we ever give. Like what John the Baptist says when he saw Christ, he says, I must decrease, but he must increase. See, that needs to be the story of our lives. That as he works in us, as he molds us, as he shapes us, as he directs us, as he guides us, as we grow in Christ, the whole point of that is for us to decrease and for God to increase. Our glory, our honor should go to Him. Nearly every Wednesday night, and, and nearly every day, when Faye and I are praying together and we're thinking about different prayer requests, uh, but every Wednesday night, uh, the group brings up praying for their loved ones, for their children, for their grandchildren, for their loved ones who are not saved because there's such a, a heartfelt, there's such a, a sincerity, there is such a, uh, an issue with, with unsaved family members and it, and it bothers them, it troubles them. And I understand, I, I, I understand. But the thing that I praise God for this morning is the knowledge that I know the God who loves me is also their pursuer. We all have family members and loved ones that do not know Christ. We know that their rejection of Christ will end in the lake of fire if they do not place their faith and trust in Christ. We know that. But more importantly, our Heavenly Father knows that. And so we continue to lift them up in prayer, realizing that God is the pursuer that he offers salvation to all who will but believe in him. And so by faith we continue to preach the gospel, trusting God, knowing that the Holy Spirit is at work moving on their lives. And one of these days, my hope and prayer is that family members that you prayed, that we've been praying for, they're going to show up here, and when we have an opportunity to have a test time of testimony, they're going to be some of the first ones to pop up and say, I praise God that he saved me a sinner by his marvelous grace. See, I believe that. Seeing it happen, it happens. And as bad as we want that to happen, I assure you, the God of all creation wants that to happen even more. So what we're going to do is we're going to keep praying for him. We have some guidelines in the scripture on how our testimonies should be presented. We have the Apostle Paul as one who gives us a clear indication of how our testimony should be. Turn to 1 Timothy, chapter 1. 1 Timothy. Chapter 1, starting with verse 12. 1 Timothy, chapter 1, verse 12. Now, this is the apostle to the Gentiles. This is the one that God saved. He was leading the rebellion against the kingdom church. He was leading the rebellion against those that were believing that Christ was the Messiah. And he was hauling them off to, to, to prison, and, and they were being slaughtered. They were being martyred. 
And this guy, Saul of Tarsus, he thought he was doing God a favor in his religious practices and in his zeal. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 12 says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and insulted. But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love which is in Jesus Christ. And this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Howbeit for this cause I obtain mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all of suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. Verse 17, he just breaks down in praise and adoration. And to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. See, that's what happens when a man is as wicked and as evil and did the things that this man did, comes face to face with a loving, gracious, merciful God. God is worthy of our praise and worship. Philippians chapter 3. Paul also shares another testimony. Philippians chapter 3, verse 4. Though I may also have confidence in the flesh, any other man thinks that he had where he might trust in the flesh, I'm more of a religious guy. He was really religious. He goes on to say, I was circumcised the eighth day, just like he was supposed to have been, of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. What things were gained to me, here, here he goes. But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. He had the prestige, he had the standing, he had the respect of men for doing these dastardly things that he was doing. But they were nothing. When it comes to what really counts and matters. Those things that were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. Take that, prosperity preachers. Take that and believe that if you're really living a righteous, holy life that's pleasing to God, when God's blessings are just going to overflow and they're just going to mount up and it's not the way the scripture teaches it happens. Amen? Yea, doubtless I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dumb, that I may gain and be found in him not having my own righteousness which is of the law 
but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. When we stand and give our testimonies, the thing that we need to recognize above, above all other things, that the only reason we can stand in with heartfelt thanks and gratitude and voice our appreciation is because of the faithfulness it's not even because of our faith in Christ. It is because of His faithfulness that gives our faith any merit, any meaning. It's because of His faithfulness that we can stand and say, I've been redeemed. I have been saved by the precious blood of Christ Jesus. That's what He's bringing out in this testimony. Look at 2 Corinthians. He doesn't stop there. He, he makes sure that the church in Rome understands. He makes sure that the church in Philippi understands. He made sure young Timothy understood. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Boy, here's where Paul just pours out what kind of life he had. And you know, you read this and you go, why would anybody want to be a Christian? Why would anybody want to know the Lord Jesus Christ? I mean, if this is the cost, then I, 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 I'm not sure I want to go through this. That's why I tell you, regardless of what your trials and your tribulations are, there is victory ahead. There is eternal life. There are blessings from God. There is abundant blessing, blessing from Listen, I would rather suffer for His sake than be applauded by the world and be thanked by the world. I would rather suffer for Him because of what He's done on Calvary's cross. The last thing I want is the world's applause. Because if you get the world's applause, then I should tell you there's something wrong with your relationship with God. Because the world is going to hate you. But look what he went through. Second, Second Corinthians chapter, chapter 11. We start with verse 24. There's so much to this. We look at verse 24. Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was I suffered shipwreck. A night and day I have been in the deep, in journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils by the Gentiles, in perils of the sea, in perils of the wilderness, in perils of the sea, in perils among false brethren. And weariness and painfulness and watching often and hunger and thirst and fasting often in cold and in nakedness. Beside those things, there are without that which comes upon me daily the care of all the churches. Who is weak? Am I not weak? Who is offended? And I grieve not. If I must needs glory, I will glory of the things which concern my infirmities. See, I guarantee you none of us can stand here and say, well, I've been shipwrecked, well, I've been beaten with uh, 40 stripes less one, which is 39. See, 40 stripes was the death penalty. 40 stripes meant you've been given the death penalty. And it was known that 40 stripes meant that's the end of it. 30, 40 minus one means that they stopped short. I'm sure he still felt like that. See, our, our testimonies are all to be done and given for the idea of expressing the faith.
faithfulness and the guidance and the direction of the God who loves us. Now, all of us, all of us, should be able to recall times in our lives when we were absolutely miserable, or how miserable we were before Christ came into our lives. Without a doubt, everyone here this morning who claims to know the Lord Jesus Christ can stand and, and gloriously proclaim how good the Lord is, how He's enriched your lives, and how precious He is to, to you. How comforting it is to know Him. All of these things are important. And basically, when I, when I think about how comforting and how, how God has enriched my life spiritually, it makes me wonder, why didn't everybody want to be saved? Why didn't everybody want to know Christ Jesus as their Savior? Why, why do people reject? Reject? Why do they scoff? Why do they reject? Why do they turn away from God who just loves them so very much? I don't understand that. But we all should be able to say, you know, I remember my life before Christ say this, I know a lot of folks, uh, and, and I've, I've had, I've, I've heard preachers say this, and they're wrong, they're just absolutely wrong, I've heard preachers say that if you can't stand and tell you, tell the exact time, the exact date, the exact moment, the exact time in your life when you were saved, then you're not saved, that's not true, that's not true, I know a lot. I know a lot of kids, I know a lot of adults who have grown up and they grew up in church and there was a moment in their lives when they when they heard the gospel and they, by faith, trusted Christ. I've had many of you share that there just seems to be always a time when you believe that, that Christ died for your sins and buried and rose again and, and by faith you've accepted that. At what point in that time you believe that God made you a new creation, you can't say for sure because there really are no bells and whistles and, and fireworks and things that go off. I, I kind of wish there were. That'd be so fun, wouldn't it? Except in heaven. Because I really think there are in heaven. Just not you. But here's the main thing. It's by faith you trusted and you can, as the redeemed of the Lord, say, I know, and I know it by faith. I know it because His Word tells me that if I do this, if I believe and I do believe, He will redeem me, He will save me, He will make me His own, and by faith I accept that. Folks, when you get to heaven, when you get to heaven, and if anybody, no one's going to ask you this, but that's the story goes, when you get to heaven, and they ask you, well, by what right should we allow you in? How come we should let you in? The answer is that Christ died for my sins. Christ died for me. I, I belong to him. I belong to him. See, that's what that's what we tell folks.
I remember one of the loudest testimonies. One of the loudest that he just remembered what I we were going to do. One of the loudest testimonies I have never heard. I have not heard. One of the loudest testimonies I have not heard. But I witnessed. Happened when I was about 10 or 11 years old. I, I remember this as if it happened yesterday. And it was 60 years ago. Say your husband gave up. But I remember as a young kid, I, I was either 10 or 11. We were traveling across the state of Texas. We were on vacation and, and we were traveling and we were going to the state of Texas and, and we had stopped for lunch. And we stopped and got into this mom and pop diner. There were no interstates back in those days. Really helped it out. Not on the highway like that. And you just went from little town to little town to little town, and you'd have these mom and pop type diners, and we'd go, we got hungry, and you know, dad would pull over, and, and we'd go into this mom and pop diner, and they always had the best hamburgers in there. And I remember as this 10 year old, we went into this restaurant, and we sat down, and it was really small, it wasn't very big, way out of the country. And I remember the doors open, and these four men walk in, and big, muscular, farmer-type guys. They've been out in the field, you know, they, they came in and they were sort of dusting themselves off, and, and they were huge. I'm like, oh, no. uh, I hope they don't cause any trouble here. They, they was kind of starting to be they were huge, big beards. Tell one was the granddaddy and one was the, the father and had two two sons, but they were all grown men. And they came in and I was kind of watching them because I didn't want any trouble. I wasn't sure if my dad could take them. Maybe my mom was my dad. <laughs> and they sat down and I will never ever forget what happened next. The waitress brought them over their plate. And those big, burly farmers, ranchers, they all folded their hands. And they prayed in public. They prayed in public. Do you know the impact that had on a 10-year-old boy? I think that God planted a seed at that point. See, if, if faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How we know how we're saved is we, it's the Word of God that tells us how to be saved. And that's believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. But boy, was there a seed planted. Because it's going to be a few years later that somebody actually sits down with me and opens the Bible and tells me what God's Word says about salvation and what Christ actually did on the cross for my sins and the debt that he paid and explained the gospel from the Word of God to me. That was going to be several, several years later, almost five years later. But boy, was a seed planted.
Regardless of what you've done, regardless of what you thought, regardless of your life, He is faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Look at 2 Timothy, chapter 2. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 13. I love this verse. I love this verse. Because, folks, I'm telling you, there are some times when I doubt. Is there ever a time when you doubt? Is there ever a time when you wonder about your salvation? Is there ever a time you wonder about, do I do enough for God? Am I really living? I was naked. 
try to cover myself and, and eat with these fig leaves and it just really wasn't adequate. But God, God provided the coats of skin in order to cover that transgression from Moses. Moses talking to people and just say, there I was, a man who was who was meek and stuttered, I had a speech impediment. How in the world could God use such man like me for such an important task? There's just no way. I know God's all powerful, but you, you don't understand my stutter. You don't understand I'm too meek. I can't, I can't reach out to these people. Have you seen these people? There are millions of them. And he wants to give me the law. He wants the oracles of the truth of God's. He wants to give those to me. Job could say that. It's not because of his faithfulness, but because 
because he knows God is the one who is faithful. Would a few of you like to share this morning about the faithfulness and about the mercy of God? I want to give you that opportunity. Pat has the mind. If you want to share just a few minutes, but you also have an ending song the guys you have to hear. You've got to hear this song. But if you'd like to share, just raise your hand. Pat will come. That's the one. Whether redeemed of the Lord, say so. Tim, back in the back. Knows you need your exercise.
somebody to come forward. Mark said, Dad, come on up. So I went forward. Mark was only five. He knew his brother. Ten brothers, well, but I didn't run him out. He prayed for me.
Father, our heart's desire is to serve you and tell other people that grand and glorious good news that Jesus saves. Yeah. Jesus changes. And he makes a difference. 